Hello explorers and welcome to the e-commerce nation. My name is Freddy Soria and I am explorer of e-commerce nation. In this podcast I take you behind the scenes of e-commerce and like every week you will discover exclusive news, inspiring stories and top personalities. I hope you comfortably settled for this trip to the heart of the e-commerce nation. Three, two, one, take off. Hello everyone, uh, one new week. Uh, we're really happy uh, today. Uh, we've got one lovely interview uh, with um, with Andrew. Hello Andrew, how are you doing? Oh, <laughs> Andrew Mitchell from JCV International. Uh, JCV International, that's right, not Andrew? I yeah. haven't got it wrong. Well, great. I'm very pleased that you introduced me as lovely. That's that's lovely. You call me lovely. Let's have a great love in. So yeah. So um, Andrew Mitchell is the vice president and development or and infrastructure support at JCV International, uh, and we'll be talking with him uh, about payments, uh, future of payments. We've both recently been at uh, Merchants Payments Ecosystem in Berlin. Uh, I, from my side, I had the lovely time. I don't know about you, Andrew. Assume yeah, well. it was very hectic. Yeah, there's a lot of partners there, so it's a very good networking experience. And yeah, really enjoyed it. I think we could see everybody's concern about PSD too. Um, but yeah, great. I think we'll, we'll like to keep going more and more. Yeah. So especially like it's it's one of our favorite events as well from e-commerce nation. We always every year partner with them as media partners, and every year we keep learning. And the value itself of all of like the keynotes is is really good. Great. So um. Let's not waste any more time. Um, and uh, what, I'd, first of all, I think it's most interesting is you introduce yourself, uh, you give us a quick intro to JCV, and uh, we'll take it on from there. So, Andrew, all in your hands. Thanks, Alfredo. So, okay, I'm Andrew Mitchell, Vice President, Development and infrastructure support at jcb international so that's twice we we both said it and we didn't get stuck that's great it's a long job title but um jcb um, japanese originated a global card scheme it's nearly 60 years old actually um it's originated in in 1961 as a japanese domestic entity kind of operating a three-party model uh card scheme as a an issuer acquirer processor developing and proliferating card acceptance in japan it's uh internationalized its business really from the early 1980s and looked to build an acquiring and issuing network globally which I think originally was more intended to service uh, Japanese card members and their outbound travel. But actually, as we've grown uh, organically, has become uh, also geared to becoming a bit of a behemoth in terms of the issuing market in Asia Pacific. So actually, we're growing our business uh, in terms of the issuing side. I think we increased 40% of our issuing, non-Japanese originated issuing in the last five years. So I think we're growing exponentially there by collaborating largely with um, domestic entities, card schemes and and central banks, particularly in Asia Pacific. But actually, we're starting to spawn out even beyond that. So we're now starting to issue in Russia. uh, We issue in Brazil. And really, we're we're spreading that JCB message, that uniqueness that we have as a brand and a real good uh, customer service ethos, as well as, you know, from a European perspective, what I'm doing here uh, is to ensure that we have adequate infrastructure to provide all different levels of service to our card members, be you know, face-to-face POS transactions, uh, uh, more and and newer ways of accepting via the internet, even down to ATM acceptance, you know, anything our customer wants, be it a service uh, or be it a a form of payment, that's what we aim to offer. So I hope it's now a bit more clear for everyone, at least it is for me. 
Um, I've got a simple question with a complex complex answer. I think so. Uh, <laughs> what is the, what? Do you, how do you feel the future of payments is going to be by 2025? 2025, 2030, where do you see the future of payments going? Well, where, where do we start there? So I think to unpack that question. <laughs> Easy question, know, I told you. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I can, I can keep it relatively simple. And, you know, when I look at um, how payments are evolving now, I think we in Europe seem to be ahead of the curve, maybe, you know, in the, in the Gartner hype cycle, we're definitely the early adopters. So I think we probably have a, a slightly warped vision of, of what payments might look like and I think standing back from JCB and seeing different elements and luckily you know in, in my role I, I get to interact with a lot of our uh, company uh, branches and, and regions and I get to see you know different maturity levels and the different sort of expectations from consumers so I see a very very diverse payment market if I stand back and look at the, the whole sphere so by 2025 I think um, Europe will still be Europe right it will still be quite far ahead moving more towards an instant payment ecosystem um, maybe the the card schemes have to evolve with that but maybe empowering the banks a little bit more towards owning their own uh, payment ecosystems uh, but still supported by what we today would see as card schemes but I would probably call payment networks I think internationally speaking I think we will start to see a proliferation of of those methods occurring in in spots you know particularly the more mature payments markets will start to adopt and adapt um, in a similar vein to how the Europeans are doing it but I think the diversification of payment methodologies is real, really the key thing. And I think we will just end up finding more uh, and new innovative ways to pay. So instead of, you know, just cash card or bank transfer, you might start to see 10 or 15 different ways to pay. So maybe the headache, I guess, is more from the, the retailer side. Yeah, just as, as you were mentioning, I think innovation is uh, is key for the next uh, next year's um and we we both uh, we all know that technology is uh, pretty much an enabler to allow consumers to get what they need so um w- how is uh, jcv innovating in terms of technology because as well we're talking towards the future there's going to be like a, a complete different range of payment offers for uh for um merchants so how, how how are you guys doing it to to keep innovating and uh driving innovation towards uh, payments? Well, great question. Everybody's, you know, looks at R&D as sort of being the the be-all and end-all. And I think, to be honest, you know, you you have to look at how you're deploying R&D. R&D now, you know, you can easily throw money at uh, different fads and trends. But I think for us, um, one of the things that I always enjoy about working with JCB is that we're pretty smart in in where we invest our time. Um, I think now... Realistically speaking, and maybe talking about specific cases, um, JCB uh, is very much on an e-commerce footing in, in Europe. We want to be that gateway to Asia. And I think having spent many, many years working in JCB, I'm actually coming up to my 20th year in JCB. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Incredible. Um, so I think we are... Uh, trying to really position ourselves as a gateway towards the Asian market. Like I said, our, our core issuing base um, is is in Asia Pacific. And I think we have a hell of a lot of value there, particularly on the e-commerce sector. And maybe it's taken us a little time to really activate our proposition uh, in terms of technical connectivity to be able to really facilitate in a very simple manner 
for retailers um, outside of Asia to connect into Asia. So I think we're really now trying to transmit uh, what JCB is as a card scheme to, to retailers outside of Asia and ensure that we offer simplified means of connectivity um, to ensure that anybody can set up and accept JCB in a very easy way. And probably the way to do that, I know it's a big buzz phrase, everybody's hearing it in this new sort of post PSD2 world is API. And I think that really uh, has opened up a door for us and can really reduce the setup times and the difficulty in programming uh, to integrate JCB. I think another thing that we like to do is to really move payments towards being seamless. And I know everybody's obviously looking now towards a, an M-commerce uh, oriented market you know, everywhere in the world. I don't think Europe is necessarily alone in, in that vein, uh, but we particularly are looking towards biometric uh, methods of, of transacting. You know, we can almost leapfrog mobile if, if need be, because, you know, in the end, what better payment method could there be than yourself? You know, you can't forget yourself and your batteries won't run out. So I think <laughs> that's probably a way forward for us. Yeah, that, that's totally true. Um, I would as well. I mean, we were both uh, last week in Berlin for the for the MP, as we mentioned. And one thing that surprised me uh, was that still uh, Berlin, uh, it's quite a, a, a cash cash city, as to say. Um, cards are n there's not that level of acceptance of, of cards in in Berlin or in Germany as a whole I would say uh, why is cashless uh, inclusion so difficult uh, still in some countries well I think Germany is a very specific case and and having lived there as well myself for a certain mm. time yeah I was able to tap into that and I had my first shocking experience moving there and you know going to uh, a furniture store and and actually trying to use uh, a uh, debit card, a UK-based debit card to make payment mm. for my furniture and then actually being told, no, please, cash. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's <laughs> crazy. But I think, you know, that's a very culturally specific uh, to Germany that they have a very strong uh, debit network. Um, so even when retailers do accept cards, they prefer the local domestic scheme. And that's why I said JCB mm. always positions ourselves to cooperate well with these domestic schemes. You know, we're quite happy for them to flourish in their markets. And then I also think there's, you know, maybe even a level of, of cultural uh, preference towards cash. You know, it's, mm. it's something I guess maybe even Big Brother can't watch. Um, it's something <laughs> that people feel comfortable with having in their pocket. Um, and, you know, we see that even in certain markets. I think even in our domestic, our home market, you could say, even in Japan now, it's still quite heavily a cash country. But to be honest, I think, as I said, you know, we like to offer all, all capacities to our car members. So if uh, a car member wants to use cash, that's fine. You can use your JCB to get cash. So I think we have to be a facilitator. But also, if we put the other hat on and say that we're a, a card scheme and, and we want to proliferate card payments or biometric or mobile payments, actually, the sort of persistent usage of cash shows us the potential growth margin. So, you know, we look at that as some form of encouragement. We want to help people towards a more convenient form of payment. If they feel cash is the most convenient, then so be it. No problem. If they feel it's card biometric, then great. We want to offer them that too.
Yeah, no, it's true what you were mentioning that uh, what JCB one of the one of the best things or one of the good things that JCB is doing is this uh, partnering or partnerships with the local uh, local entities. Uh, so the best examples that that we have uh, as well, which are okay, they're not Euro- European based, but in Australia, New Zealand, and Canada, is uh, through your partnership with uh, American Express, and in the US, it's through Discover Network as well. Sure. So I think like um, same um, same is to happen in Europe with especially. Here in Europe, where we've got, I think it's uh, 27, uh, 27 uh, different countries. Uh, with 27, 27 28, I'm not sure. It depends on the week. <laughs> <laughs> with 27, 28 different accredited languages. So it's it's totally different as well for like for a card entity to to get into each different uh, each different market. And as well because of the the amount of um, of uh, regulations that European the European Union is bringing every week, every month, that mm. that means that people have to totally um, totally keep themselves up updated and uh, as, as we mentioned before open banking then we've also got the interchange fees uh, regulation uh, which apparently it was meant to uh, bring some benefits with it so yeah <laughs> so um, I've got a question which I don't know if uh, you'll be able to to help us uh, and sometimes some people here at e-commerce nation or I've been reading some some comments on some articles that in the past we've had on on uh, payments and things like that uh, it's blockchain I don't know mm. um, what you guys are doing uh, in respect to blockchain and uh, if, if you've got any future plans you're currently working on it uh, or things like that uh, maybe you can give us here better <laughs> some better in-house uh, feedback on this topic uh, but it's always something that's interesting uh, and people seem to be really interested in yes it is and it's um, you know methodologically for us very interesting you know if you consider you know everybody says okay jcb you know amex visa mastercard uh, union pay discover we're we're card schemes right but actually you know i I tend to stand back and as i mentioned before i think i look at us as as payment networks and really what we do is obviously we provide um, a liability distribution between um, different stakeholders at either end of the the chain you know the payment user or the the payment recipient and we operate a cryptographic network that is there and is uh, you know breeds confidence to everybody in in terms of the level of cryptography involved uh, to ensure that our payment information is kept secret and kept protected. And then we also have the safeguards of of disputes. When things do actually go wrong, everybody understands what they can get and and what they must do to fulfill their end of the bargain. So for us, when we look at DLT, I think that's a very interesting area. You know, suddenly, does that change uh, the modus operandi for us? So it's something we're looking at. I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, we've gone particularly <laughs> far particularly far no. with it. Um, and certainly we have partnered with uh, one particular partner, but that's kind of more off the record. So I won't go into too much detail here. Um, but we have looked at potential usage cases for it. I think the main thing for us is obviously to make sure that something is scalable and speedy. You know, when we look at the networks that we already have, they're, they're fit for purpose. So I think if we have something here that makes uh, makes integration easier, uh, and makes commerce easier. I think we will adapt that. And the good thing for us um, is that we kind of had this weird model. Every, everybody looks at JCB and and uh, Visa and Mastercard. Sometimes they look at us as the same animal, you know, in terms of the the four party card scheme operation. But actually, we kind of do a bit of both. So in Japan, we have a processing network, and I think. If you're going to see a development uh, for JCB on blockchain, it's probably going to come out of our domestic processing background because we have to be able to offer 
um, many different capacities to our issuers and to our acquirers. So you could find in future that blockchain is one of those. We're certainly not sleeping on it. Yeah, uh, always good to know. So guys, JCB is not sleeping on blockchain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's an uncomfortable pillow. It's too blocky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to say, just in case. Uh, good, 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 good. So um, I'd also, uh, I was reading that JCB uh, in Europe was extending uh, its reach through JCC payment systems, mm, yep. which I think you've already uh, mentioned or semi uh, left there in the past um what what is this uh what benefits does it bring uh what i don't know maybe you can uh, tell us a bit more okay let me let me put my old man hat on and say once upon a time um <laughs> we i think i mentioned it at the start actually sort of in the early 80s um we really had to go out and build uh, an international network of acquiring okay one by one so actually in in Europe, uh, particularly, there was one guy uh, based out of the UK that went to Japan, started up JCB as a franchise for Europe, and he actually had to go out, you know, with his briefcase and uh, a plane ticket in his hand and travel around Europe and say, "Hey, come on, this is the future, JCB," um, and get build up an acquiring network of of partners. And today, we we do pretty well in terms of country coverage. And certainly, we're servicing very well for the T and E sector, and I think you know JCB still is uh, quite popular in the T and E sector. So airlines, hotels, restaurants, transit systems, these are the kind of acceptance that we uh, prioritize. So we have to look at that sectors and particular countries. Now, as we've diversified our issuing portfolio, um, we're finding the typical sort of footfall patterns of what a JCB card member is, is changing. So particularly with JCC, you know, as a, a very top player um, in the Cypriot market, um, we absolutely recognize that once we start issuing to a, a great degree in Russia, um, that Russians do travel a hell of a lot to Cyprus. So we look at the footfall pattern changing and we see that there is demand. Um, we naturally have to go in and talk to the biggest player in the market. And luckily for us, JCC was a very cooperative partner. And yeah, that's that's how it all came together. Yeah, so uh, as well, I have to say that it was uh, not, not an easy question. Um, we've seen as well in the last couple of uh, years that, um, especially with, with fintech and uh, this um, online banking that's coming up. So uh, we've seen N26, we've yeah. seen Revolut uh, here in France, we've seen Conto for our um, company businesses. Where do you see the future of those companies? Because you ask you ask the experts in in fintech. I mean, at the end of the day, what they do is they have a fantastic uh, user experience and user interfaces, yep. which is what what brings them the the real value. But, but where do you see, where do you really see this? Because uh, I mean, the best the best example I always put is tomorrow I'm going to buy a house and I'm not going to go to one of these companies and ask them for a loan mm. or ask them for a credit. So what's your your feedback on, on or what's your feeling on this kind of companies uh, towards the future? They're very interesting. And, you know, having having sat down and talked with some of them, obviously, we, we see a certain hype around fintech. And we obviously want to separate the wheat from the chaff. We, we want to make sure that, okay, we're positioning ourselves and that we're continually being able to service what we would see as our clients. Now, you know, who are our clients? Our clients could be uh, a merchant, could be a bank, an acquirer, uh, term, you know, today a terminal handler, um, you know, and it can be a card member. Uh, what we see as a card member today. Now, 
think you know we have to keep a relevance in the market so you know we certainly don't ignore any anything and we talk to these guys the fintech providers the the hype names let's say um but in the end i look at this from a, a simple consumer level and and i don't know about you whether you agree with this or not but i would say that a lot of people don't seem to really revolution or revolutionize their salary being paid into a particular bank account now whether it's you know a, a neo bank or a traditional bank I'm not really sure at the moment, um, but I think I still see that as a pattern. So for us, you know, we don't worry too much because what we are trying to do is facilitate people being able to spend their money. What to me is interesting is potentially the other side of the equation to say, okay, what is a merchant? You know, is there an acquirer involved in, in the chain? We just have to make sure that a retailer is getting paid, right? That is the ultimate recipient of the money. Um, and, you know, the guy getting his salary paid into a bank, be it a neo bank or a traditional bank, um, as long as we're able to service them on both sides of the equation, I think we're okay. Um, but I am very interested to see what is the future of a POS device and an acquiring relationship. And that to me is very interesting. If we look at open banking as a, a topic, um, obviously, we could see that there could be a move towards uh, a grab by banks, be it neobanks or even the traditional banks, developing their APIs quickly now to grab the merchant relationships. Now, that's very difficult. And I come back to, you know, our charming English chap with his briefcase and his plane ticket. It takes a long time to build that network and a lot of trust is needed and trust can be broken. It's not easy. Yeah, it can be broken <laughs> in an instant, one outage, you know, yeah. one mass data breach, and all of a sudden you've got a problem. So I, I would say Please. stick with the tried and trusted in terms of the payment networks uh, yeah. with banks. Hey, I'm, I'm quite happy to try both and see which one's best value yeah. for money. Uh, at least until we see what, what, how do they evolve towards the future and yeah. what happens. But no, it is true that, as you say, um, for me, if I need to get paid, I'd always uh, prefer to get <laughs> my wage paid on a still traditional, as to call it, uh, banking account. Uh, good, good, good. So uh, as well, um, we we met at the MPE. Are there as well any other events where you guys are going to be? I know, for example, that for Money 2020, uh, in which is happening in Europe and Amsterdam as well, are you sponsors for this event? I'd have to shamelessly uh, plug us for that. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> I think, again, we've uh, had a presence at Money 2020 in, in Europe for the last few years. So last year we were five-star sponsors, and we're going to do that again. Uh, so, yep, 3rd to 5th of June, come and visit us. JCB will have a pretty large booth. It's looking quite funky in the design phase at the moment. So we're open <laughs> for business, and we're, we're very happy to meet people there. Pretty much recommend it as well. Money twenty twenty, uh, definitely Europe's largest uh, largest uh, fintech event, and JCB, uh, I'd say, <laughs> as uh, as uh, one of the biggest sponsors of the of the event. Okay, well, uh, so with uh, with all of this said, uh, Andrew, I don't know if you want to um, say something uh, before we finish the podcast recording. Address our audience with. Uh, a particular message uh, for your message I, w I would just uh, resume like make sure you spend your money we're gonna help you for it. <laughs> we're gonna help you the futures with jcb <laughs> definitely definitely great so no um thank you very much for for being with us today it's uh, been a real pleasure having you uh for anyone that's interested as well uh, you can uh, visit directly jcb's website uh, visit um, attend the money 2020 europe which uh, e-commerce nation is also a media partner with uh, or directly um, get in touch with the JCV Europe team, which uh, would be um, the ideal way, I would say. Uh, so, Andrew, thank you very much. Um, as I said, it's been a pleasure. And uh, 
for the rest, uh, I'll see you next week uh, with one new podcast and uh, have a lovely end of week. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I'll see you next week for the discovery of new adventures. Feel free to subscribe to the e-commerce explorers podcast on your favorite music platform and share on social media. If you've enjoyed this episode, see you soon for new adventures. And don't forget exploration continues on e-commerce nation.